हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन चैप्टर टेन द फिलॉसफी ऑफ द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन एंड आवर टॉपिक इज फेडरलिज्म सेकंड बाय इंट्रोड्यूसिंग द आर्टिकल्स कंसर्निंग जम्मू एंड कश्मीर आर्टिकल 370 एंड द नॉर्थ ईस्ट आर्टिकल थ्री द इंडियन कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन एंटीसिपिएट्स the very important concept of asymmetric federalism we have seen in the chapter on federalism that the constitution has created a strong central government but despite this unitary bias of the indian constitution there are important constitutionally embedded differences between the legal status and prerogatives of different subunits within the same federation unlike the constitutional symmetry of the american federalism indian federalism has been constitutionally asymmetric to meet the specific needs and requirements of sub units it was always part of the original design to have a unique relationship with them or to give them special status for example the access of jammu and kashmir to indian union was based on a commitment to safeguard its autonomy under article 370 of the constitution this is the only state that is governed by its own constitution similarly under article 371a the privilege of special status was also accorded to the north eastern state of nagaland this article not only confers validity on pre-existing laws within the nagaland but also protects local identity through restrictions on immigration many other states too are beneficiaries of such special provisions according to the indian constitution then there is nothing bad about this differential treatment although the constitution did not originally envisage this india is now a multilingual federation each major linguistic group is politically recognized and all are treated as equals thus the democratic and linguistic federalism of india has managed to combine claims to unity with claims to cultural recognition a fairly robust political arena exists that allows for the play of multiple identities that complement one another now let us discuss national identity thus the constitution constantly reinforces a common national identity in the chapter on federalism you have studied how india strives to retain regional identities along with the national identity it is clear from what is mentioned above that this common national identity was not compatible with distinct religious and linguistic identities the indian constitution tried to balance these various identities yet preference was given to common identity 
under certain conditions. This is clarified in the debate over separate electorates based on religious identity which the constitution rejects. Separate electorates were rejected not because they fostered difference between the religious communities as such or because they endangered a simple notion of national unity but because they endangered a healthy national life. Rather than forced unity, our constitution sought to evolve true fraternity, a goal dear to the heart of Dr. Ambedkar. As Sardar Patel put it, the main objective was to evolve one community. Now let us move to the next point, procedural achievements. All these five core features are what might be called the substantive achievements of the constitution. However, there were also some procedural achievements. The first, the Indian constitution reflects a faith in political deliberation. We know that many groups and interests were not adequately represented in the constituent assembly. But the debates in the assembly amply show that the makers of the constitution wanted to be an inclusive in their approach as possible. This open-ended approach indicates the willingness of people to modify their existing preferences. In short, to justify outcomes by reference, not to self-interest but to reasons. It also shows a willingness to recognize creative value in difference and disagreement. Second, it reflects a spirit of compromise and accommodation. These words compromise and accommodation should not always be seen with disapproval. Not all compromises are bad. If something of value is traded off for mere self-interest, then it we naturally have compromised in the bad sense. However, if one value is partially traded off for another value, especially in an open process of free deliberation among equals, then the compromise arrived in this manner can hardly be objected to. We may lament that we could not have anything but to secure a bit of all things important cannot be morally blamed worthy. Besides a commitment to the idea that the decisions on the most important issues must be arrived at consensually rather than by majority vote is equally morally commendable. Now let us wind up the session and thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.